1: A week after a disappointing 3-1 loss at the Emirates to Arsenal, uh, the Reds will be looking to bounce back and reiterate their title credentials when Burnley arrive at Anfield this Saturday afternoon. And Anfield that will be fully boosted by the opening of the entire new stand. So a big crowd, uh, the fullest crowd that Anfield had seen for a game ever. So this is going to be an incredibly exciting fixture. And joining me on the podcast just to give us her perspective on what's been, let's face it, a difficult season for Vincent Company's Burnley side who looked destined for relegation. And to talk to us a little bit about what, she hopes for for the rest of the season uh, and what could lie next for Burnley if it is to be uh, another season in the championship. How can they improve? How can they bounce back to make the next campaign in the Premier League more uh, satisfying, I suppose? I'm delighted to welcome back uh, Natalie Bromley from the No Nay Never podcast uh, to chat with me on all this. Welcome back, Nat. Good to speak with you again. It feels like it wasn't that, uh, that long ago that we chatted. <laughs> Yeah. Was it what? Twenty sixth. Yeah, was it Boxing Day, wasn't it? Yeah Boxing it was. Day. Yeah,
0: we had the Christmas one. Yeah, it's been quite a quick turnaround is this one, hasn't it? Which has been quite yeah, yeah Good stuff. Good yeah, to be back.
1: Know, exactly. And I remember when we last spoke, um I mean actually, yeah, any football fixtures around that time of year, you you just descend into this haze of just like oh yeah yeah. <laughs> what it's month football, is it? <laughs> it's football on. I think I think I was at a relative's house trying to keep an eye on the radio that was playing the um uh, the the Liverpool Burnley game uh, at the time, uh, occasionally sort of like like my attention being like peaked by night like the commentator getting slightly more excited or whatever, but I had no I had no <laughs> idea what was going on for for quite a lot of that game. Um, but I remember when we spoke uh, before the match, you were pretty. I mean, I, I wouldn't say you were pretty down on it, but I but I, I think you were pretty um, much of the acceptance that you know that. The Burnley were going to go down, and then the, the 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 planning had already begun for what that would look like, and the changes that would needed to be made. Hopefully, into into next season, um, you seem very assured around company's position and the fact that he had the, the the confidence of these owners, um, and again, sort of building ahead for um for what came next, even if it was um to be sort of a. Uh, Um, relegation sort of fate that met him with his first, his first season back in the Premier League as a manager. I just wanted to ask you what your, what your thoughts are now in terms of, um, like how things have turned around since the new year, um, and, um, whether you think there's been any shift in any of that that we talked about.
0: No, I mean, and I think that's, um, I think that's a, a pretty excellent and accurate recap of where we were yeah. at, the, at the Christmas one. Well done you.
1: I remembered something from that.
0: <laughs> well done, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, from a from a Burnley side that is largely unforgettable in this league this year, it's pretty impressive that you've done your homework that much. Um, I think all of that still very much stacks up. I, I think I would add two things to that. I do think Vincent Kompany is under more pressure than he was at in, in the Christmas period. Not necessarily from the owners, I'm sure we'll come on to that, Shortly, but probably more so from the fans. Um, and the only other the only other point to add to that is that I think the the season's just gone from being. Um, a struggle and not one that's particularly enjoyable. To just a pit of misery and despair. Um, I'm going to try very hard for your um, okay. loyal listener base not to just turn this into episode whatever of misery with Burma fans. Um, sure. We'll try we'll try and keep it as as succinct as possible. But yeah, that's exactly where we are this season. I, I'm I'm concerned that we've just become a bit of an irrelevance this season. Um, we're not being covered the same. There's not even any hype really around Vincent Kompany more, um, we're not in the press as much and we're just very forgettable and and disappointingly we're not in games either so we're not even competing in the games we're in so yeah, not a great one I'm afraid.
1: Yeah, no I think when when that sense of acceptance starts to wash over uh, what players, fans, and the manager, I think that's when it can start to become a little bit dangerous, kind not In terms of just, uh, just drifting on for however much is, is left of the season. Um, and you, and, uh, even if you are confident, like you were saying when we last spoke that, okay, yeah, sure, but the manager's going to stay in position already planning for next season. It's all very well saying that, but it's quite, you know, it's, it's an emotional game and he, and you've got to get to that stage without, you know, people being ready to, I suppose, um, mute, yeah, mutiny or something like that, right? I'm not saying, I'm not saying I guess, that's...
0: No, I think that's, I think that's correct. You've got, and I think that's something that I don't think our manager and our uh, club are particularly communicating very well. Um, there's very much a fighting message coming out from, from the chairman and from Vincent company that the, the aim is to stay in this league and we're going to fight until the end. I'm not entirely sure I've seen much of a fight this season. Uh, maybe not in the fight that football fans I accept there's probably a different kind of fights that managers and, and the chairman see than what we see as fans. I think they can be quite different. Um, but that message comes out and then you're just looking at it and you're scratching your heads as a fan thinking, we're seven points shy of Luton, a team that we were so far superior to last season and Sheffield United as well. And that is absolutely no disrespect to them I am uh, now that I know we're going down and it's over for us I'm definitely rooting for Luton to stay up I'm, I'm now turned into a Luton fan I'm, I'm a, well, not a Luton fan a Luton cheerleader for that reason uh we've been there and I think it's fantastic the feeling for them when you can stay up would be incredible um and I think Rob Edwards has done a fantastic job as well in many ways getting it when Vincent company hasn't um so You know the fact that we're seven points behind them. We've got we've lost what have we lost 17 games something like that this season. I look at these these interviews and these messages and think, at what point do you lose credibility for just talking nonsense? It's almost nobody wants to throw the towel in, and it's still a it's still a professional sports competition, so you have to be you know you have to be competitive and you have to stay you have to you have to respect the integrity of the league but at some point the club and the manager are just going to have to come out and say look it's been a much tougher season than we thought it was going to be the chances the, the likelihood is is that we won't stay up so this is what we are doing this is why we're making these decisions and this is what our plan is for the next two you know the next 12 months and i think that would help build those bridges with the fans i think I think fans are feeling disengaged with the club this season, and I certainly feel that too. This isn't the team that won the championship last year that we built up that relationship with and that morale. The manager's been a little bit distant this year as well for some reason, and everything just feels like it's not, we're not together as a club. Everybody's on a different page. So that's not helping for sure.
1: Yeah, in so, in some senses, it, 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 to me, it seems like this is how people act when they think there aren't any stakes. Um, yes, that's so true. Yeah, in in terms of yes, of course, the, the the stake of relegation is there, but then we all know about the parachute payments. We all know about uh well if 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 we are to believe that the managers you know has that confidence of the owners, there's no stakes for him um yeah, yeah yes, his reputation takes a bit of a hit, but um he can you know he can rebuild and start to focus on the next season i i suppose as well you you just don't hear people like saying what you just said right i mean i i, I I think from fans' perspective, at times it would be refreshing. You know, it would be refreshing for Roy Hodgson to come out and say, I'm underperforming. You know, I'm, I'm having to question myself, but I think it's going as well as I wanted to uh, I understand the fans' you know, impatience. And, you know, these these performances aren't very good like from from the Palace perspective. I just mentioned them because I'm seeing a lot of very uns, uh, upset Palace fans. Um, sure,
0: yeah.
3: And, and, yeah. and
1: Hodgson, somebody who doesn't really um, necessarily uh, well, I think from time to time he 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 may be accused of gaslighting fans into what they're actually seeing um, with some of his comments uh, with company and him saying you know that we're going to keep on fighting. I, I, I suppose in, in in one sense I can I can see a world in which he comes out and says you know what you've just said to me earlier on has been tougher than we expected. Yeah, it's quite clear that we, you know we we're, we're heading in one direction, so we're going to plan for next season. How does that? i mean do you think that would have a a positive impact on the fans like it's almost a white talent at that stage despite the mathematical you know probabilities and all that and like and how do you think that would affect the the players as well i mean like, yeah that would, that, would be, that would be my only thought about it
0: I, and, and listen, and I agree, I, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that there is an easy answer to this. And believe me, there's a very good reason why I don't, uh, work in football coaching. And I don't yet, I don't yet, I'm going to say yet because one day I'm going to do on oh, a football oh, club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, that, that, you know, that it's all very well me sitting here as a fan with my emotional head on and saying like, this is what I think they should do. But then you work it through and you think, well, maybe that is a terrible idea because you're absolutely right. There will be sections of fans that don't share my view, which is why football is one of the most wonderful sports. It's it's a very opinionated sport and everybody has a different take on it. So if, if company and the board came out and said that, there would be likely mutiny from certain sections of fans where they say, where's the fight? Where's the spirit you've given up already? That's atrocious. So, yeah, that's not an easy message. I completely get that. Um And I guess... you know, the comments about the players and how it affects everybody else. I'm not suggesting that Vincent Cooney comes out and does this himself. I think there has to, I think there has to be a decision internally that everybody's on board with that. So everybody says that's done. Um, There's, there's obviously, there's obviously ways to manage it. And there's, you know, I would probably be saying, Look, the, the the reality is this, I think, you know, the odds are going to be that we are heading back to the championship. We to be clear, we won't give up until such time that it is mathematically impossible, but we are going to make some tweaks based on X, Y, and Z. So you'll see this happen or that happen, and this is why. Um I just I, I think I was answering the question more in the context of sure, how it sure, builds those bridges with the fans. <clears throat> and to me, it's it's over on the pitch, like it's done. Mm. So I'm almost like I'm all me personally. I'm almost not interested in any messages that come up about yeah. the club about the, the the football on the pitch because it's it's done.
1: Mm. You you mentioned I think on the last time we uh, we had a chat around maybe some of the reasons why your know, Rob Edwards has done well and, and companies struggled and uh, this uh, I mean. It being an admirable thing at times to stick to your principles and to say that you know in the long run this is going to really help us out to stick to these principles and yes it might we might struggle this season but yeah if we get the experience of how to play this way under this kind of pressure maybe you know it's it's going to help us um, be able to handle it in future Um, but that lack of compromise on the pitch like you were just talking about there. I mean, has resulted in, you know, I would say, from what I've seen anyway, um, the concession of some really, you know, pretty naive goals in in this league, um, especially when you're trying to scrap the points. And yes, opposite everybody um, wants you to stick to your style, stick to your philosophy, but like the. The city game, for example, where I'm, I'm not going to suggest for one minute anybody expects Burnley to, you know, like um, go to the Etihad and uh, you know dominate Manchester City or anything like that. But I, I think it was the concession of the first goal that I watched where I was thinking, this is like, no, it was so Yeah, I remember
0: that goal. Unbelievably, Naive. Like, yeah.
1: dispiriting to be like, well, we've you know, doesn't matter how hard we've worked in the opening ten minutes that the, yeah, how we yeah. defended around that goal is so you know, bad, so bad. Like, so and, bad. and you sh- and you shouldn't be giving. Them of all people, like a goal that easily, right? I mean, but um, absolutely. I, I, just, I just wanted to ask you, I mean, like, do do you think there has been any attempt by company this season to, like, like, have that self awareness of okay, you know, I've got my philosophy, but this is, you know, we're really being caught out here. I'm gonna need to be a bit more pragmatic yeah, and just try no. and get some results on just nothing,
0: <clears throat> nothing, no. And that's been that's been, I think that's probably been quite, um instrumental in him losing some, not, not necessarily permanently, but his relationship and his closeness with some sections of the fans because of that. You know, it, it seemed like the message that I hear from so many fans after every single game is he's just not learning his lesson. Now, again, from, for company's benefit and playing devil's advocate here, you know, fans fans are the best football managers in the world, right? They know everything. And you know, yeah, even though they're not qualified, they've never done any coaching badges, they've never worked in football. You know, fans always know best. Oh, but, you know, we've, got, I, I, I we've, we've that.
1: got a glittering record of, uh, <laughs> yeah, of,
0: of yeah, yeah, definitely. I think all clubs do, um, for sure. So let, let's let's say what we're about to say with a pinch of salt. I mean, you know, your listeners are, are smart enough to understand where football fans are coming from. I'm sure they they think of themselves. So, but just to be clear, you know, this is. What football fans say isn't often a reality and also isn't the correct answer. But yeah, that's definitely been a common theme to most games. Vincent Kompany is just not learning his lesson. And I think probably the most obvious ones that we can point to, to that in terms of evidence is this ridiculously high press that he insists on playing. When you don't have the players to play it and you don't have the defenders who can protect you at the back to do it, um, that is is suicidal, it really is um, all he needs to do what would make a massive difference so We talked about this on our podcast this week, and one of our tech guys made this point uh, just so that people don 't think i 'm taking credit for it um, He suggested looking at the the, the heat maps and the, the 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 strategy that the the company's been playing. A massive difference to Burner this season would be to just drop that press back 20 yards, just drop it back, defend 20 yards back. You can still press high, but not as high as he is doing, and just give the defenders just that extra 10 yards of protection. Um Defenders, therefore, are not caught out quite as much. Poor James Trafford isn't just completely exposed by his defence being absent more often and I think that would definitely help us stop conceding the gift goals that I've been calling them this season. There's been so many games where size just haven't had to earn their three points. We've gifted them on a play and that's disappointing um, for, on many levels. So I think that's something that he doesn't seem to be done. I think that, that there has been a small shift actually, just to, again to, to give company credit for something. He did start the season insisting on playing the Pep Guardiola inverted fullback system that seems to have been dropped i think again he's realized very quickly that generally speaking our fullbacks at this, that the club are quite poor and we don't have the players to do that so that has been tweaked a little bit um but yeah th- there are definitely some things that w- there's some mistakes that we are seeing every single week and that's very frustrating for fans
3: i don't need a vpn i've got nothing to hide <laughs> Mac boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout.
1: Yeah, no, I think it does make sense to sort of why fans would feel a little bit alienated from him. In, in, yeah. In that, um, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, Again, he's always struck me as somebody who actually speaks quite well, actually, about, um, about football and can at times convey his ideas quite well. But yeah, it's, uh, there's still a lot of games to go. That's the thing between now and end of the season. Um, and so just to, to have that era of resignation, I think is going to be. Yeah, it, it, I think even if he came out and said, "Okay, you know, we, we can see where this is going, so we're going to try some some different things to see mm. how we can develop certain players and, you know, also prepare for what's coming next." Um, even if that didn't work, I think, yeah, I think you, you can man, you can imagine how fans go, "Okay, cool, you know, let's let's see how this works and uh,
0: uh, maybe,
1: maybe we do stumble on something, right? And we um we pull some results out of there." Um, the other um, element of this is the ownership, and you're saying that, you know, maybe even somebody from the ownership could come and say, okay, you know, it's been disappointing. Here's where we're heading. You know, this is why we you know, We've got faith in, in, uh, in Vincent and et cetera. Uh, here's the plans for investment, whatever. But, um, uh, h- how do you think they've handled this as well in terms of, uh, well, just being like being visible like throughout the season, as you mentioned, there's been a distance between company, it feels like, and and the fans. I mean, has anything filled that vacuum or or not?
0: Uh, yeah, listen, I, I don't I don't have any any problems with our board. Um, I, I I'm a massive fan of of ALK Capital. I think Alan Pace is absolutely fantastic. Um, I think there's I think it's, it's a slightly different point with the chairman and the board um and there's a reason for that like our we're now owned by americans yeah and uh they are uh and i apologize to any americans listening to this for this horrendous stereotype that i'm about to, to put out on air here but um they are the americans that you would expect to see they are so excited they are <laughs> so enthusiastic they look at everything and they wake up every morning they're like, how can we make this club greater again? And that enthusiasm and that excitement is infectious. And I am on that train and I am not getting off. I am sensible enough a football fan to understand that some of their initiatives or some of their plans or some of their ideas are a little bit either ambitious or a little bit American. And they you know they're probably doomed to fail but I love the fact that they try them anyway. I'm like, and if they don't work, they just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, well, that didn't work. What's next? And I, I really love that. And I love the vision that they've got for the club. Um, I do love the fact that they are desperate to um, make sure that Burnley as a club stays relevant for football in 2024 and, but also t- maintains its identity and it's close links to the community. I think so far they've made a very, very good job of that. Um, Now, what comes with that is that you can't cherry pick the characteristics of a chairman that you, that work for you. So, because I love that enthusiasm and I love his ambition and his drive and what he wants to do, the flip side of that is that you will always get Alan Pace coming out saying, are we going to survive? I'm pretty sure of it and I'm not giving up. And I, and whilst you can kind of look at that with one eyebrow raised and go, yeah come on Alan like yeah it's not naivety from him it's just a relentless positivity and optimism and that's how as a Mormon and as a man of faith how he chooses to address each day by having that positive channeling that positive focus channeling that positive energy doesn't work for everybody but so what I don't begrudge him that um time and space to be able to um, you know, manage his football club that way. So I don't agree with it, and and sometimes I I do raise my eyebrows a little bit and have a little chuckle to myself and go, oh, Alan, we're not going to survive. But you know, if that's what he needs to do to, and we get the benefit of that energy in other ways, then so be it. I think that's okay.
1: So then. I suppose we'll we'll, we'll touch briefly upon the game, uh, itself, but just I want to ask you what you were thinking around, um, like what this side needs, um, you know, to, to reinvigorate itself next season, if that's in the championship and you, and you want to see, you know, more of what you saw last season, um, certainly confidence restored to the side. Are there areas that, you know, having been in the Premier League and seen sort of the way in which, um, you know, Burnley have, uh, those weaknesses have been exploited are there different areas where you think okay actually now we do need to reinforce these kind of areas or focus on these aspects of of how we're playing um, not only to thrive in the championship but to make sure that it, you know, when we do come back up um, that we're better prepared for what we need to or what we're going to come face to face with
0: yeah i think uh i'm not I'm not a technical fan. I've never done my coaching badges and and I've never played any higher than school level. So I'm not entirely sure that I can give you a particular technical answer here. I think there are fans who do that way better than me. But I think where I look at from this is that whilst it's admirable and in some instances necessary to retain your identity and your... DNA in terms of your playing style. And that's important. You can't do that all in. You have to make tweaks when you go up a level. You have, you can't just blindly go into a new level like the Premier League and say, this is a style we now play. This is, you know, we can camp, we can compete with the top six because they play that way. And I do feel that there's been perhaps a naivety in our club that we, could play a certain way and it would be fine, and we would finish between fifteenth and seventeenth in the league. And Herrera will start again next season. Um, so I think the next time we come up, if this squad and this manager and this board are all still together in twenty, in two years' time, or oh, no, twelve months' time, um, eighteen months—sorry, my maths don't work today—eighteen months' time, when we're hopefully back up from the Championship and back in the Premier League again. I think there has to be a more realistic look at how we, how they tackle the Premier League and how they try and survive. Because if, if you insist on playing that style of football and that's all you will play and at some point it will come good. You are doomed to always last one season in the Premier League. And if, so if your business idea is that you want to stay in the Premier League and you want to build from that, and then if you do your second season, you can afford a few better players or you can attract a few better players and you learn. The only way that that works is if you compromise some of your ideas and your ambitions in the first season to stay up. Luton are the perfect example this season. They've capitalized on Everton's unfortunate season they have got it very very quickly rob edwards has got it is it rob edwards it is rob edwards isn't it he's got it, it is, a, lot, yeah, yeah. a lot quicker than vincent company has and they may survive now this season um sean dyes did it certain teams we've seen other teams do it you know fans don't like it fans of the bigger clubs don't like it you know i don't i don't think many people want chef united luton burnley those kind of teams the Brentfords of the world in the Premier League they want the powerful top 10 they want a Super League at the end of the day but whilst this model is still here and there is an opportunity for smaller clubs to have a season in the Premier League you have to capitalise on what it takes to survive and that I think is what's been very absent this
1: season from us mm-hmm. In terms of the bright spots, if we can try and sort of like pick them out of all of this in terms of the players. That's a that question. <laughs> have, 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 well, yeah. If, if there are players that you think have shown, have shown promise or made strides or at, at least tried to, um, you know, like approach this in the best way possible, despite sure. maybe at, at, at times being hands tied behind their back by, by the approach they're being asked to do in, in difficult circumstances, who, who would those be for you?
0: Yeah, I, I think the obvious one um, that we'll start with is our centre forward, Lyle Foster. He um, joined us last January in the, the January transfer window, along with uh, Michael Obafeni as cover up front in the championship. Uh, come across from South America, quite um, a quiet, unassuming player, didn't impress at all. Him and Obafemi came on together very much as bit parts in the championship. We were a little bit like, who is this guy like this? You know, we just thought they were going to be squad players, never expected them to feature in the Premier League. Fast forward six months, Lyle Foster's fitter, sharper, has had a full pre-season with Burnley. He arrived in the Premier League, started the first season, first game, looks to to the point where the joke was at the beginning that who this is Lyle Foster's brother who who did we have last season? There was an impostor last season. He looks a physically different shape. He looks physically different. His movements changed, and he has overnight become a very effective Premier League striker who is way too good for our side, and and unfortunately won't be with us next season. Um, in the Championship, he will get snapped up very very quickly. So he's been an incredible now. Unfortunately he's had um, a challenging season. This season he is he has had a spell of, of illness um where he's had to take a, an extended spell out of the side. I'm I'm really delighted for him that he seems to be on the mend and he's back playing and he's able to enjoy his football. Um, but yeah he is definitely he, he's he's definitely very, very good. Um a couple of um bright prospects in the younger end of it uh, Luke Corley and Wilson Odeberg both um, technically forwards but playing more as wingers, both very young tricky players who are very very exciting. Uh, Wilson Odeberg was supposed to be um, cover for Corley O'Shaw, did his ACL end of November I think it was or sometime in November and Odeberg stepped up and they are both unbelievably attacking um, and exciting players and very anti-Burman that we would expect um, the only other one that I would I would mention is our midfielder Sander Berge. Um, we bought him in the summer from Sheffield United, and we all thought at the time Sheffield United were absolutely crazy to sell arguably their best player to a relegation rival. Um, that's smacked to me of a side that we're going to take the money and run. Um, and no disrespect, Sheffield United, that's pretty much the season they've had. Um, tricky couple of first games, but is. Probably one of, if not the strongest yeah. player in our side, will probably get Player of the Season, and also will not be with us next season. So I think probably those four are, are ones to mention.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. I remember there being a lot of uh, a lot of noise around Sanderberg when he was um, he's great. he was on the move as well. Uh, it, this weekend, then I mean, it sounds like it's it's difficult to get to. Um to head up about any of these fixtures at the moment given sort of the situation <laughs> that the fans find themselves in. But a trip away sure. to Anfield, um, like uh three o'clock kick off on Saturday. Um uh, what are you expecting in terms of approach uh from from company? Um sounds like from what everything you've told me, the same, right? The, the same approach uh and um uh playing out from the back in spite of yeah. what's likely to be a press, you think?
0: Yeah, I, I can't see it He's not done anything He's not taken any action So far this season That makes me suspect That Vincent Company Will change anything um, sure. I think we probably will see All three January signings start um, yeah. We've obviously got A couple of fullback problems So um, I expect um, Is it Asignan? I can't remember how you pronounce it uh, To come in again At right-back And Vettinho to to play Move across and play At left-back um, I think he'll, he'll play Estev at centre-half Because he looks very good um, and what I would probably like to see is is Amduni rested for a little while and, and bring in um, Fafana in as that number 10 role. Um I, I think what I would like to see from the game is just for us to be in the game. We've spent so much of this season just not in games at all. And it's, it's almost, as I said at the, at the top of the show, it's a little bit, we're a little bit irrelevant. We're not competing in any of these games. We're just not in them. Um So I really, really would like to see us try and stay in the game for a little bit longer than we have been and and just try and, do you know what, put your back to the wall for the first half, just stick 11 men behind the ball, you know mm. what I think, I, yeah it's not going to be pretty and company will hate it but it just gives you, gives the players confidence and if you can get to, to Liverpool away at half time, nil-nil it's a completely different team talk, we've, we've come back from conceding a goal once this season and that was um, against Fulham on Saturday every other game this season where we've Gone 1-0 down, we've lost the game. And that's a shocking start. That, to me, makes me question whether it's rightly or wrong. It makes me question their mental strength. It's like, well, what, what are you doing when you go 1-0 down? So if you can go in at 0-0 at half time, it might not be pretty, but that'll give the fans a boost. It'll give them, then you're only, then you've only got 45 minutes ahead of you. Sean Dyche used to preach this, and his football was awful to watch. But he did used to preach that if you can just almost write off half a game of football, go in at 0-0, you're not facing 90 minutes away then at Anfield against some of the strongest attacking players in the league. You're facing just 45 minutes and you never know you might nick one. So mm. why not? You've not done it all since and nobody's going to judge you for doing that. Nobody's going to care. Mm. You know, get, let, leave your egos at the door. Leave this idea that you can go and outplay Liverpool playing a high press and attacking open expansive football playing out from the back. You can't. And that's okay.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, as well. I think it's the first game where it will be, um, well, basically a full a full Anfield in terms of that stand, the new stand being Correct, completely yeah. completely open, uh, which I'm excited about. I'm going to get get up there yeah. in a couple of couple of weeks. Um, so that's yeah, it's going to be exciting. But again, coming off of a loss, yeah, you know, despite the loss, maybe despite the Arsenal fans may may think of being handed to them via 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 Virgil Van Dijk. Um, so oh, that was
0: a mad game yeah. that I watched. That yeah, yeah. that was. Two bizarre sorry to derail you very slightly, but no, no. like but those the the the, the equaliser and the second goal, two of the most bizarre goals I've ever seen mm. conceded by top flight and top professionals in my life. It was I uh, no. listen, I'm, I'm so sorry to all your listeners, but I did have a chuckle because it's usually us that concede those. It was very nice yeah. that you guys you know, you were you were very um what's the word, generous in, in that kind of goal. But yeah, I agree.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I just just wish we'd done it against somebody else because oh, just yeah, yeah that 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 contingent of my family, uh, just that's just not gonna even if they win nothing this season, it's, it's likely, but um, they're, they're they're gonna really give it to me oh, for okay, for okay. for for that one. So hopefully, there's um, I don't know some some snakes and ladders in, in the future over the next couple of games, but yeah, the point I was making is, I mean, the, the crowd's gonna be anxious, you know, the need they know the need to win. Uh, and keep pace, you know, city are probably going to do what they do now and it not sort of there in their Death Star period of the season. So yeah. uh, really going to have to just win all these games. And yeah, that anxiety can get to, to the crowd. If, you're, if like you say, you know, 45 minutes gone, only 45 minutes to go and, um, you know, Burnley are, are in there battling for their lives. It, you know, we, we've, we've seen that create tension, uh, before as well. So. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see how company approaches it if he does suddenly, suddenly decide to change or, or, or if it's going to be sort of the same kind of approach that we've seen throughout the season. But I know you've got to go now. So, uh, Natalie, sorry. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm, <thanks. laughs> so, I'm, so I'm going to, um, uh, I'm going to wrap things up, but I just want to thank you. Yeah. So much for coming on and for giving us your perspective, even if it's been a, a bit of a dispiriting season. <laughs>
0: yeah. Sorry guys. Yeah. No, always a pleasure. Um, and I always say this to the people I've worked with for a lot of years, one of the disappointing things about getting relegated to the Premier League is that we don't get to do these things, and yeah. obviously we don't get to do this content. So hopefully, um, this will be the last time we speak this season, but hopefully in 12 months time you'll be calling me and getting those lined be up to uh, two fixtures yeah. the, weekend, the, the season after. So, uh, yeah, best of luck to all of your, uh, I'll be interested, I'll be watching from afar to see who replaces Klopp, and oh, yeah. hopefully I will speak to you all in the twenty. 20- 26, no, 26, yeah, 25, 26 season
1: absolutely well yeah no, no, I would, would very much like to welcome a revitalized uh, I can't the pod anyway and revitalized Burnley uh, just, before, just before we go just sure. wrap, wrap things up here and just tell the listeners what's coming next um, there will be another podcast uh, another rivalry kind of ahead of um, the Brentford game on the 17th of February another early kickoff would you believe uh, strange strange that's happened again. <laughs> uh, but yeah I'm sure people are going to enjoy that one uh, uh, yeah so do, so do check out for uh, or look out for another. The pod ahead of that game but between now and then lots of pods coming out on anfield index pro if you want to hear i don't know exactly what tiago has done to his body to only be able to have played 10 minutes in 10 months uh, you know tune into fatigue index tune into under pressure you'll hear that uh, but i'll be back again ahead of that game against uh, brentford uh, on the 17th of feb
2: we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically